Hallelujah. James chapter 5, I'm going to read one verse there, and then we're going to jump over to Exodus chapter 3. James chapter 5, beginning with the fourth verse. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud. Let me read that again. James chapter 5, verse 4. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which of you is kept back by fraud. They cry, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the Lord of Sabaoth. That's a fancy term for, over to Exodus 3, please, for uh, the Lord of hosts, a fancy term. That's not the right word. It's the Hebrew it speaks of the armies of the Lord. He is the head of the armies of the Lord. Now, Exodus chapter 3, are you there? Beginning with the 20th verse. And I will stretch out my hand, and I will smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor. And her that sojourns in her house Jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment. And you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters. And you shall spoil the Egyptians. Can you say amen? I'd just like to preach for a few moments tonight. The Lord of Saboth. The Lord of Saboth or Sabbath, as they say. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that we have sensed all this week, really, and especially this evening as your precious saints have gathered here and those that are listening by way of the internet. We ask that your spirit would lift us now, O oh Father, into the realm where you dwell, and may our hearts be arrested by your presence. Grant us an open door that we might hear the word of the Lord as it should be. Help me to do no violence to your word. Help me to, above all things, glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for what thus saith the Lord. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' holy and mighty name. All God's people say it. Amen and amen. <laughs> as I was seeking the Lord today and this afternoon and all day, really, and over the last several weeks and months, really, Today, I felt his presence in a way that was very profound. I, I, I broke and I wept as he began to minister to me what we were reading here today. For centuries, the children of Israel had been in Egypt, some 430 years. They came as a result of Joseph's brothers who put him in a pit, as Brother Thomas preached so beautifully last Sunday night. 
and he was sold into slavery and would make his way and come into Egypt and there he would be unrighteously thrown into a prison and he would stay there for 13 years in the prison. He had promises of God. As a child or as a young man, as Brother Thomas so wonderfully pointed out the other day by the word of God, he, he had dreams. And in those dreams, he was shown the day that would come when his mother, his, his father, his, his brethren would all gather and bow down before him. He saw his father as the sun, his mother as the moon, his 12 brothers as stars, and they all bowed down before his star, before him in his dream. He was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. For in the future, and that future is upon us now, the children of Israel will recognize him and will indeed bow down to him when they declare, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Can you say amen? Joseph would go from prison to the palace. There he would be elevated by Pharaoh to the number two position in all the world. By his wisdom and by the spirit of God, really, he would, he would orchestrate an administrative process that would literally cause the land of Egypt in the midst of famine to be a land of plenty. For God had shown him what was coming and he was able by the wisdom and the spirit of God to, to create things necessary in order that when the famine indeed came, the supply would be there. But the famine would be so grievous, the Bible tells us, that, that Jacob and his sons and so forth and so on would, would end up migrating to Egypt to come and and, and, and live there. And because of the gratitude of Pharaoh for what Joseph has done and had done, he gave Jacob and his 70 sons and all their herds and cattle the very best land in Egypt, the land of Goshen. They were celebrated. They were extolled and, and blessed because of Joseph. Israel and the world is blessed tonight. You and I are blessed tonight because of our heavenly Joseph, because of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, of whom Joseph was a type. Now, the Bible tells us that Joseph would pass away, and in the course of time, those that knew him and those that knew his family and those that uh, were of Pharaoh's house who had once known of Joseph and the great majesty by which his God had delivered Egypt, they all went away. And they, they no longer knew the God of Joseph. They no longer remembered Joseph. And evil and wicked pharaohs would rise to the throne, the Bible tells us. And, and literally the demonic power of Satan himself would begin to move like a fog off the ocean waves onto the inland. So he would begin to move across Egypt and begin to come down into the very houses of the royal houses of the pharaohs and begin to move in their hearts and their minds as he would place within them a demonic power that would seek to destroy the people of God. And the Bible says that they forgot and did not remember. 
And they saw the children of Israel that they had increased with such a magnitude and such a blessing that they began to fear that they might turn against the very Egyptians whom they lived among and they would begin to fight against them and then leave Egypt. And so they came up with an incredibly uh, wicked and evil plan. Such plans were not made by the mind of man. Those plans, as I said, were imparted to the pharaohs and the administrators of Egypt by the devil himself. You see, Satan knew that if he could destroy them, he could possibly destroy the royal seed that had been prophesied over him when he was in the garden. If he could somehow stop the word of God, he was there. He heard when God would come in the night when Abraham would stand all day and fight off the birds, you can read it in Genesis 15, where he split the offerings of rams and bullocks and, and, and offered them, and, and, and there the, the, the thick darkness would overcome him. Birds, really demonic entities would come and try to remove him from the sacrifice he had been commanded to fight over and to stand in. As God had told him, I will come to you. And so he would fight all day. And we're told that out of the sky would come a smoking furnace and a burning lamp and they would pass between those pieces. And he was told by God that his nation, his children, his progenitory, the nation that would flow from his very loins would grow to a great people and would find themselves in darkness and in bondage. But they would come out after 400 years and 30 years, he said, they will come out and they will be coming out with great substance and great blessing. And the devil heard this. And he looked through the centuries of time for an opportunity to prevent it. He does you and me that way. Some of you have promises here tonight. Some of you know that God has his hand on you. Some of you listening around the world right now by, by the internet, you know that God has called you. You know that God has promises for you. And yet it seems like all hell is breaking loose. What's going on? It is because the enemy is attempting to steal your faith. He's attempting to alter the word of God. But let me tell you something. Try as he might, as hard as he may exert himself, there is nothing he can do. If God has said it, it will come to pass. Somebody say amen in the house tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But they ended up in bondage. And for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, they would find themselves under incredible burdens. Mind you, as we've been talking about, these were not burdens that were simple cruelties from the mind of man. For the demonic spirit came down from the very highest of Pharaoh down through every single person who called themselves an Egyptian. They enslaved all of the children of Israel for centuries. And as I was reading this this afternoon, I broke and I wept as I thought of how they started out and how they ended up and where they found themselves. What was it like for the fathers who had had, had all hope beat out of them? 
where the people had become nothing more than, 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 than the mere property of the Egyptians from Pharaoh to the lowest Egyptian. They owned a Hebrew. All of them filled with demonic power. Their very minds energized by dark spirits, mocking them and cruelly placing burdens on them. I, I thought about after day after day after day of cruel hard work, what, would is, what was it like for some of those fathers to, to look out at the, the African sky over Cairo, over, over Goshen, over all the cities, Memphis and, and the other places, Zoan of Egypt, and tired, covered in mud. undernourished, gone had been the hope of ever leaving, born into a world without hope, hearing the cries of his son or his daughter or his wife. Maybe he hadn't seen his wife for days, that she would clean the houses of arrogant Egyptian women, taking care of their babies while their own children were being subjugated to menial tasks until they were strong enough to work in the, in the pits, to work under the, 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 the ugly, horrible, horrific uh, 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 anger and, and mockery of the Egyptians. What did he feel like? What did he think? Maybe, maybe he, he had heard the legends of how God had taken their forefather Abraham and shown him the stars and, and said, so shall your seed be. But, but that was just a legend. That was just a story. No hope. I mean, I'm getting old. I'm tired. My back is broken. But, but maybe my son, maybe my daughter, maybe. But, but I don't even dare think like that. My grandfather thought like that, and they whipped him to death. My daddy stood up one day, tired of it all, and they killed him. I dare not even dream. I dare not even think such things. What can I give to my son? What can I give to my daughter? I'm just a slave. I'm worse than an animal. They feed their animals better. They treat their animals better than they treat me. Than they treat us. No hope, no freedom, no opportunity, and it would only get worse. So mad had society gone that, 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 I don't know, when they're in those mud pits, those mud pits, all they could do all day long was make mud with straw. And they would hear in the background the horrific screams of, of their sisters and their mothers who were giving birth to male children because the edict had come down. Kill all the male children. How much more crazy could it get? I'm working and I'm hearing screams, broken hearts, yells. The crocodiles of the Nile, if you've ever seen them, they're, they're, they're massive. They're not like the alligators of Florida. These are huge, demonic-looking creatures. They were being fed on the blood of Hebrew. And yet they had to work. This is why sin is so terrible. This is why bondage is so terrible. 
You can't play around with Egypt because this is where he'll take you. You'll wish you could be free. You'll cry out and you'll wonder. And they began to kill the boys. The mothers would scream. The sisters would cry. But in those cries, something magnificent. What is it? What is it that when a human soul when the spirit of a man or a woman emerges with such desperation, called of God, that it would leave the heart in such desperation, that it would pierce the natural world, that it would leave the atmosphere of the earth, that it would go above the constellations of the heavens, that it would bypass the trillions and trillions of planets and stars and burst into the very portals of heaven itself. Because that's what God told Moses. I have heard their cry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have heard their cry. And I have remembered my covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. Generations later, Isaiah would have such a vision. He would be taken up into the very throne room of God. And because of, of the wickedness of Isaiah's age, the smoke of God, the anger of God would come up before his face and would fill his very throne room. I know it was the same here. The cries of his people pierced into the very throne room of God. It crossed into heaven itself, into the outer court of the kingdom of Almighty God, into the very throne room of God, up to the heart of God. And he appears to Moses and says, go and tell him, let my people go. Hallelujah. You don't hear what I'm telling you here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He hears your cry. He hears your cries. He hears my cries. When you can't even utter a word, he hears the cry of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Suddenly, he appears to Moses and, and he tells him something. He says to him in verse, look what he says. This, this blessed me. I started weeping when I read this this morning. He says, verse 22, he says, he says but every woman, he's telling Moses what to, what's going to happen. And he tells them what to instruct them to do. Because deliverance is coming. Hallelujah. They don't even know it. They're not even aware of it. But God's moving. Oh, my God, I wish I was in crusade somewhere. Man, hallelujah. God is moving. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Do you hear what the Spirit is saying to you? God is moving. You may not see any evidence of it, but God is moving. In the fullness of time, God sent his only son. Hallelujah. In the process of time, he sent Moses. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look what he tells Moses. He says, all right. Every woman, verse 22, shall borrow or take, really is what it says, take from her neighbor 
and of her that sojourneth in her head. That literally means that woman that's been keeping you like a slave. She says, go tell your women. Go tell your women what they're going to do. Oh, come on, somebody. There's nothing worse for a man than not to be able to give his family what he wants to give them. And he tells Moses, go tell the elders to tell the women God's coming. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. How many of them uh, Kardashian-like Egyptians used to walk by, you know, while they're in the mud pits, and he'd see them, they'd be all perfumed up, made up, wearing linen garments, all kind of stuff. And he'd think, oh, I wish I could give my wife something like that. I wish I could give my son a good suit or my daughter a nice dress. He says, go tell the women. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to get happy whether you do or not. Hallelujah. My God. Jewelry. Hallelujah. Jewelry of silver. Jewelry of gold. God would move so greatly to deliver his people that the fear of God would drive those devils out of the Egyptians. And she'd be looking at her mistress's gold necklace. That's pretty nice. Here, take it. Take it. Here, take it. Just get out of here. Take it. I want to tell you something. We're getting ready to leave this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God, my God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hell yes. Hallelujah. Take it and go. Hallelujah. My Lord. Silver and gold. All the, the daddy. What he must have felt like. He said, you know what? I heard your cry. And I think about your sons and your daughters. You get that gold. You get that silver. You get those fine Egyptian Armani suits and, and, and Gucci dresses. You go down to Rodeo Drive right there in Cairo. Put that nice dress on your daughter. Hallelujah. Suddenly, the servant became the prince, and the prince became the servant. God knows his people. Hallelujah. He hears their cry. Oh, my God, on that night, that glorious night, when the destroyer came through, he said, all right, it's time to go. I can see all those Egyptians. It says they were afraid of them. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church you see right now is not the church you're going to see in a few days from now. There ain't no many, there ain't no churches in this world that the world's afraid of right now. Oh, but the morning's coming. Hallelujah. The third day is coming. Hallelujah. The sun's about to rise. Hallelujah. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Hallelujah. And it's closer now than it's ever been. I hear it. I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear it. 
Hallelujah. I hear his call. I hear him saying, tell my bride that I'm coming. Tell my, declare it from the highest mountain to the lowest valley that there's only one Lord, there's only one Savior, there's only King, one King and rightful heir of this planet. And his name isn't Pharaoh. His name isn't Trump. His name, you don't hear what I'm telling you. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here goes my invite to the White House. Amen. <laughs> my Lord. They were afraid of them. They went from beating on them to being afraid of them. Hallelujah. They're going to be afraid of you. Why is that, Brother Marty? Because the glory of God is coming to you. Book of Revelation tells us there's going to be two prophets that are so mighty with God that when they finally do kill him, three days later they're going to rise from the dead. <laughs> it says they were so afraid of them that, that when they died in the book of Revelation, it says when they die, they're going to have a party. The power of God is coming. It's already begun. Man, Daddy, don't cry no more. Mama, don't cry no more. Moses is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. And you're going to be able to wipe that mud out of their eyes. Pour that clean Nile River water over them. And let them take a bath like they haven't been allowed to do. Because the world looked at them like they weren't nothing. Oh, but God sees princes. God sees a kingdom of priests. God sees a holy nation. Hallelujah. God sees his army. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and, uh, I can see it. I can see it. Now, they go out of Egypt. And they, they look beautiful. See, when we leave this place, we're going to be like an old, decrepit bride. Jesus ain't coming for a toothless, you know, Kmart-wearing dress bride. Come on, somebody. He's coming for a glorious church. Hallelujah. Without spot, without wrinkle, full of the Holy Spirit. My beloved is mine and I am my beloved, she will say. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This world, it's not my home. Well, I'm just a passing through. And my treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah. And the angels, they beckon you and me from heaven. Open door. And I don't feel at home in these mud pits anymore. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm making plans to leave this world. I don't know about you. You can take Hollywood. You can take Beverly Hills. You can take Five Star Ridge. You can take all that this world has. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God Almighty. You don't hear what I'm saying. Bunch of dead people on a dead log. My God. <laughs> this ain't just a good story. <laughs> My Lord. They come out. But listen, Moses says, okay, that's all good, Lord, but before that happens, I'm going to go over there and tell them what you told me to tell them, but they're not going to believe me. See, sometimes we can get under the bondage of the enemy in whatever area of your life, and you get to the point where you don't even believe that he can set you free or he can meet your need. Or he can heal your body. Or he can save your husband, your wife, your children, your neighbor. He wants to get you thinking like that. That's what Moses says. But they ain't going to believe me. He says, all right. And I'm going to speak prophetically to you right now. He says, I'm going to give you two signs that you're going to speak to Israel about. Number one, you can read it in chapter four later. But he says, what's that you have in your hand? my staff. He says, all right. He says, throw it on the ground. Cast it on the ground, he said. And when Moses saw it, he fled from it because it became a serpent. Go get it. So he goes and grabs it by the tail and it becomes the staff of God in his hand. And he says, that'll be the first sign you show the elders. What was he saying? I'm going to ask you to think a little deeper here. What was he saying? See, God had them put the gold, the silver, the coats, the dresses, the finery on their children. Because he was prophesying, I'm going to get you out, but you're not going to be able to go in. See, I'm going to cover your children with my glory. Oh, my God. See, there is a generation of promise. Ah, oh, thousands of years have come and gone. Many generations have come and gone. None of them uh, were, were anointed to go in and, and be that generation that shall not die, but shall be clothed upon. We are... That generation, that's what that's a type for. He said, ask for me rain in the time of the latter rain. There'll be an early and a latter rain. There was a generation who was delivered from bondage, but they couldn't go in. We have lived in a generation that has seen a moves of God unlike any generation before it. We had, we had Wales revival. We had the Hebrides revival. We had Lewis revival. We had Azusa Street revival. We had the healings of the 50s and the 60s. We had the great evangelists, Billy Graham, Brother Swaggart, and others who went around the world and, and reaped a harvest. But all of them didn't go in. But he said, put, put that stuff on your sons. Hallelujah. Where's the little man of God? 
the little prophet of God over there. Put it on, on Josiah. Hallelujah. Put it on Mo and Ma, Raya. <laughs> See if I get all their names. Adriana and, and Rachel and, and, and Hannah and Grace and, and, and the others. I can't remember, bro. You got too many kids, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Put it on Joe. Put it on the children of the reservation. Put it on the children of Bishop. Put it upon the children that are being attacked by demonic spirits in the school systems across this nation. Pharaoh, let my people go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, what sign do I give him? So he says, the first thing that you're, is going to be revealed to Israel is that uh, uh, my staff, my rod, is going to come down to the earth and be cast down and become a serpent. What was he saying? I will first reveal myself to Israel as I become sin. For he took upon himself the sins of the world. But see, that's why Moses fled from it. Israel fled from a Messiah that they could not understand. Hallelujah. Paul said, don't think that they ain't going to be saved. He said, don't think you're all that. You've just been grafted in. These people have been through a lot, man, for you and for me. And he will save Israel. And, and so he said, pick it up. From, he picked it up from the tail. That represents the sins past all the way to the future. He covered it all. He would first reveal himself on the cross. But then he said, the second sign I want you to do, take your right hand, put it in here. When you pull it out, it became leprous. Put it back in, pulled it out again. It was white as a baby's flesh, beautiful as a baby's flesh. And, and he, so the second way he would reveal himself to them would be through the preaching of the gospel. Because that's what that represents. Leprosy is sin. He said they're not going to understand that second sign either. But when you pull that hand out, it's as if saying you must be born again. Now remember, those two signs were given but not understood by Israel. And remember where they were given. Moses was standing on holy ground. It was there that God was re revealing the prophetic things to him. He even revealed the resurrection to him. You can read it in Luke chapter 18 or 19, I believe it is, when the Sadducees come to Jesus and they, they say to him, hey, there's a guy who had a wife, he died. Seven of his brothers married her. Nobody gave her a baby boy. Whose wife is she going to be in heaven? But they said they were doing this because they didn't believe in the resurrection. And if you read it, it says that, that Jesus quotes Moses. And he says, Moses told you about the resurrection at the bush. The gospel, the rejection of the cross, the rejection of the gospel message and, 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 the, and, and the, the misunderstanding that a resurrection is coming was all revealed there. The third sign is where we are today. Israel's about to be saved. 
the church is about to be saved. And that's why he said, the third sign, if they won't listen to that, go to the river Nile and get you some water. And he said, pour out the water. And while it's coming down, it'll be water. But when it hits the earth, it'll be blood. What was he literally saying? In the third sign or the third day or the dawning of the 3,000th year, before you are delivered, the presence of my spirit will be poured out upon all the earth. Those who receive it shall receive it. Those who reject it, when it hits the earth, it will be judgment to them. Judgment's coming. Let's close quickly with this in James. James chapter 5, because this is where we are. And I'll just read it. You can, are you there? James chapter 5? Are you there? Amen? Amen. This is where the Western world is right now, and specifically the United States of America. This is where it is. And I don't take any joy in saying these things. You listening by internet around the world, you hear. James prophesies and he says, go tell the rich men, weep and howl, verse 1, for your miseries that are coming upon you. You see, your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver is cankered. And the rust of them shall be a witness against you. It shall eat your flesh as it were fire. For you have heaped treasures together for the last days. And then he says, Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cries, and cries of them have reached the very ears of the Lord of hosts. That's literally the Lord of the armies of heaven has heard their cry. I was with a missionary the other day in my house, and he showed me, this marvelous uh, vision of India. And he showed me a woman in a, in a village, and, and she's in her mid-30s, and she had never learned how to read or write. And they sent missionaries there to teach her. And, and she was praising God because she said, now I can read and write. And the only thing she, the first thing and the only thing she ever wanted to do was read the Word of God. And in her video, she says, I know my day ain't like your day. And they showed her. To get water, a truck has to come if he feels like it. And then they got to get that water and maybe get a little hose. And she had this stone uh, thing, kind of looked like an outdoor fountain thing, but ugly, you know, just concrete. And that's where the water was pouring in. She had to use it to wash her dishes, to boil her food, to clean her children. But her light and the light on her countenance was so beautiful. And she said, I got to go to work in the, in the mud fields for $2 a day. And they showed her and the other Christian women in the fields of mud all day long. They may you know how heavy that could be, planting rice, planting rice. And all she wanted to do was read the word of God. And I read this today, and he says, my people, I hear their cries. Those whose society has cast off, you in the Western world who have consumed the goods of the planet, 
You who oppress the migrant farm worker. You who oppress uh, the, the indigenous peoples of the world. You who take your corporations and rape their lands and bring their wealth back to your houses. You who feast on the finery of everything. You are preparing your hearts for the day of slaughter. I hear their cry. James warns. He says, God, as his ears were open to his people in Egypt, so in this last day his ears are open to the prisoners who have refused to bow the knee in North Korea, who have sat in the dark, wet dungeons of the earth, yet sing songs to their God of whom this world is not worthy. In the gulags of Russia, in the killing fields of Asia, the 21 Coptic brothers whose heads were beheaded because they refused to bow the knee to a false god called Allah. I hear their cry. And he says, James says, it's the Lord of hosts who hears their cry. I don't know what picture of Jesus you have or what you think uh, he's going to look like when he comes back. But the Bible says he's coming with the armies of heaven. The Bible says in Jude that Enoch saw the Lord coming with 10,000 times 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all who are ungodly, who do ungodly deeds and live in ungodly ways. So James says, hold on a little bit longer. North Korea, hold on a little bit longer, Middle East. Hold on a little bit longer, India and Turkey. Hold on a little bit longer, South and Central America. Hold on a little bit longer, islands of the sea, for the Lord of hosts has heard your cry. And now he's saying to us, verse 7, be patient, therefore, brothers, under the coming of the Lord. For behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. He has long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. So, brothers and sisters, you listening around the world, be patient also. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Deliverance is coming. Can you say amen? Would you stand to your feet, give the Lord a hand clap of praise, praise you, Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Praise him, worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you play? Would you come sing, guys? I want you to just take your time before you leave tonight and reflect on the word that we've heard. Pray. Seek him. Whatever your need may be, he's here to meet it. He's coming. Whatever you have between you and God, lay it down. It's just that easy. He loves you. He's warning us because he loves us. He's encouraging us because he's coming. Hallelujah. Girls, would you sing, come now, Holy Spirit? Or whatever you feel in your He's come. Presence fill your soul. 
Just take some time in his presence tonight. You listening by way of the internet, right there where you are, you can cry out to God. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to set you free, set your family free, deliver you from whatever it may be. He has the power to do it. He is God and he's coming soon. Now's not the time to run away. Run to him. Be part of his family. This world is coming to a close very soon. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in your heart, faith on the earth? Ask him and he'll come right where you are. Father, I bless your people in Jesus' name. I bless their families. I bless their homes. I bless their minds, their spirit, their bodies. Touch your house tonight, Father. Sweep over your people. And deliver us into your perfect, perfect will. Go ahead and sing. Sing it one more time. 